Good morning. Happy anniversary. Uh, Thanks for being here this morning. If you can, turn in your Bibles to the Gospel of John in the New Testament. Uh, We will turn there in just a minute. Before we do, I want to just mention one thing or two things for next Sunday. I hope you can be with us next Sunday. Uh, We will have a representative from Young Life Southside with us who's going to be sharing an opportunity for all of us to financially support some kids who are trying to get to uh, summer camp this summer. Young Life is one of our strategic partners uh, in the the community. We love what they're doing. We love their heart for the gospel and evangelism with young people in our high schools. Amen. And so we are looking forward to getting an update from them next week and then learning how we can support some individual young people who are looking uh, to get to camp. Uh, We're also going to be, for the first time, uh, kind of recognizing uh, Juneteenth as an important date uh, for our, somebody say yes, somebody say yes, all right. I know some of you are like, June what? That's part of being a multicultural church, you're going to learn. If you don't know what Juneteenth is, that's all right. You're going to, because John White is going to share with our church and our children next week about Juneteenth, teach a little bit about that, and I'm going to do my best to preach into some of those themes as well. So I, I pray and hope that you'll be with us next week. All right, let's stand please for the reading of God's word. John chapter 14. Uh, Verses 25, 26, and 27. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. And you can be seated. From these few verses this morning, I'll preach from the title, The Spirit of Peace. The Spirit of Peace. Today is Pentecost Sunday. It's the Sunday when churches all over the world are celebrating the gift of the Holy Spirit to the church. Amen? That is the best possible gift that we can imagine. So we're celebrating that today even as we recognize our anniversary. After Jesus ascended, the disciples were left wondering what was going to happen next. Jesus was gone, but their enemies remained. What was going to happen to them? Now, maybe if they had remembered back to this passage that we just read a a minute ago, maybe they would have been a little bit less afraid because our passage this morning comes from a time before Jesus was arrested and crucified. He was preparing the disciples for his eventual return to the Father, telling them what to expect. But at that moment, hearing that their Messiah was soon to leave them, uh, maybe the disciples were afraid then as well. What would it look like for Jesus to be gone? Like the disciples, many, most of us, look to the future and have at least some question, concern, anxiety, or even fear. Some of us for for good reason. We wonder about what's going to come next and whether we'll make our way through it or not. And so I think it's good and right for us to notice what Jesus says in these few verses to his anxious disciples. Because to them, he promised the Holy Spirit who would bring them peace. 
And so today, as we celebrate our ninth anniversary, I think that this message of Holy Spirit-inspired peace is a good one for us. Amen? Because not only do we each personally need to experience God's peace, Jesus also calls us to be peacemakers in this world of trouble, in this world of fear. As a church, it's not enough for us to experience the peace of God personally, as individuals. We also are called to be an expression together of that peace in our city, a city that oftentimes knows trouble and fear. And so today, as we celebrate God's faithfulness over these nine years, as we celebrate the gift of the Holy Spirit on this Pentecost Sunday, here's the one thing I'm hoping that we will understand. The Holy Spirit brings peace to our trouble and fear by uniting us with Jesus. The Holy Spirit brings trouble, no, 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 (laughs) brings peace to our trouble and to our fear. By uniting us with Jesus. Pastor Michael, maybe I should preach that sermon sometime. The Holy Spirit brings trouble. That'll be part two. Okay, I'll do that one. That might have been a word from the Lord right there. To understand how it is that the Holy Spirit brings peace, we need to understand two things that Jesus says about the Holy Spirit in these verses. First, who the Holy Spirit is. And second, what the Holy Spirit does who the Spirit is and what the Spirit does. Seeing what Jesus highlights in these verses about the who and the what of the Holy Spirit is going to help us understand how it is that the Spirit brings peace to our trouble by uniting us with Jesus. So first, we need to know who the Holy Spirit is. Jesus says in verse 26 that the Holy Spirit is sent from the Father in the name of Jesus. So on a very basic level, the Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is a member of the Trinity, sent from the Father in the name of Jesus. In just one short phrase, we see here the Trinity, the triune God held together. But Jesus is more specific in these verses than simply identifying the Spirit as God. Jesus calls the Holy Spirit the Advocate. A closer translation is a word that makes no real sense to us. It's not a word that we use. It would be the word paraclete. And so different translators try to use different words to help us understand what is meant by that word paraclete. The version that I just read uses advocate. Other translations use counselor, friend, comforter, helper, convincer. This is who the Holy Spirit is. Now, when somebody asks you about who somebody else is, Your tendency, if you're like me, is to actually answer the question, what does that person do? If somebody asks me, who who is Pastor Michelle? I might say, "Uh, well, she's one of our pastors, and she's a a PhD student. These are things that she does. Now, if if we go a little bit deeper, we might describe somebody's function. Somebody says, who is David Douglas? I might say, well, he's a son. So we might get to the functional level, but I I would say that neither the doing nor the functional are actually the who are you question. Because when we're talking about who, we're talking about the essence of a person. We're talking about what you are like. We're talking about your identity. And so who is this person? I might say this person is kind. This person is brave. 
This person is hopeful. And what I'm saying is at their essence, this is what that person is like. This is who they are. And you know how this works, even if you don't think about it consciously, because when you find yourself needing some hope, you go to a hopeful person. And you don't have to go to that person and and tell them, I need you to give me some hope. All you have to do is describe your hopelessness. And because they're a hopeful person, you're going to walk away with some hope. If you need some kindness, you go to somebody who is kind. If you're fearful, you go to somebody who's brave and you just say, I'm a little bit anxious about this thing. And their courage starts to ooze out of them. And you borrow a little bit of their bravery. This is the the who are you question. This is what Jesus is answering in these verses. The Holy Spirit is the advocate. At the essence, the identity of the Spirit is the advocate. So so there's a way in which Jesus is saying that if you want peace, you need to turn to the God who is the counselor who reveals that no matter the source of your trouble or your fear, God will never leave you alone. That if you want peace, you, you need to turn to the spirit who is the friend who reminds you of your permanent identity as a child of God. Who if you find yourself needing peace, you turn to the spirit who is the comforter, whose very presence and tenderness rolls back your pain and your suffering. Are you following me? That if you find yourself needing some peace, you turn to the spirit who is the helper who will never leave you or forsake you, no matter how dire your circumstances. When we find ourselves needing peace, we can turn to the Spirit who is the convincer, who steps in when even your heart condemns you, in order to persuade you that nothing in all of creation can separate you from the love of God that is yours in Christ Jesus. And if you find yourselves needing peace, you turn to the spirit who is the advocate, who at the spirit's very essence and identity is the advocate who stands between you and every accusation slung by the devil, shielding you from distraction and deception and destruction. Who is the spirit? Jesus says the spirit is the advocate. The spirit's presence is peace. If we are going to understand this morning how the Holy Spirit brings peace, then we've got to understand that the Holy Spirit is at the spirit's essence a peacemaker. I know we have guests and alum with us today. Is it alum or alumni? What's the plural? Alumni is the plural. I always get that one backwards. What is it, Daniel? I'm even more confused now. But (laughs) ask Daniel afterwards. He's a teacher. He'll set you straight. But I want to just for a moment speak to those of us for whom new community is our church home. We are called to be a reconciled and a reconciling people. This is our identity as a church. This means that we are called to reside in the cultural tension in the conflicts of our city, in the places of segregation and oppression. We are called to be in those places, not to run away from them, 
not to go to the places of comfort. In other words, we need the Holy Spirit. We need the advocate. We need the peacemaker to reside and dwell strongly among us as a reconciled and reconciling people. We dare not try to live faithfully into our identity without a conscious dependence on the Holy Spirit of the living God. Amen? Amen. As we look forward to our 10th year, we need this conscious dependence on the advocate to permeate everything that we do. Our identity as a reconciled and reconciling people is simply too much for ourselves. We will crumble under that identity on our own. We need to know this peace. Holy Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Clear the haze from our eyes. Loosen the hardness of our hearts. Nurture the parched and the dry and the desert places in our spirits. Move in us, advocate. Bring us the divine peace that passes all understanding. And then call us, advocate, into this city's breaches, into the gaps and the ruptures and the conflicts. Call us with the gospel of peace, filled with the spirit of peace. And the people of God said, Amen. Amen. To understand how the Holy Spirit brings peace to our trouble and fear by uniting us with Jesus, we must understand that the Spirit is our advocate. The Spirit is peace. And then secondly and finally, we also need to know what it is that the Holy Spirit does. Jesus says in verse 26 that the Spirit will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Now, the Holy Spirit does a lot of things in the Scriptures. We see the Holy Spirit leading and convicting and giving spiritual gifts to everyone who has submitted their lives and faith to Jesus. But in these few verses, Jesus simply highlights two things that the Holy Spirit does. The Spirit teaches, and the Spirit reminds. In other words, the advocate teaches us what Jesus taught and reminds us who Jesus is. This is what the Spirit does. And I'm aware that that sounds a little redundant and maybe not all that impressive. The Spirit teaches and reminds. I want to suggest, though, that it is neither redundant nor unimpressive. The promise here that Jesus is making is that you and I will never be without Jesus' teaching or examples in our lives. Yes, you can and I hope are reading and studying the Bible to learn about Jesus' teaching and example. But the promise that Jesus makes to us is that that teaching and example resides in us through the power of the Holy Spirit. You are never distant from the teaching of Jesus. You are never distant from the example of Jesus. You are never distant even when you stray and get distracted from the way of Jesus. Because the advocate abides in us. So it makes sense then that a couple chapters later, Jesus still talking to his disciples says, it is good for you that I am going away. 
unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And Jesus is saying, you have me right now, but when I'm ascended on high, ruling and reigning over the cosmos, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And then everyone who confesses my name will have my teaching and my example residing in their lives. That's the promise to you and to me today. The voice, the authority of Jesus, the Prince of Peace, is available all the time to all of us. The the mail carrier who comes to our apartment, nine times out of ten, appears to be talking to herself. Having a very in-depth, intricate, passionate at times conversation with herself. In fact, she has one of these things, one of the, you know, I don't know what it's called, Bluetooth She's talking to somebody is what I'm saying to you. And so I hear the one side of the conversation. I hear what she cares about, what she's interested in. I hear her listening empathetically or describing something that went wrong with her week. But everywhere she goes, she's in a conversation. I I don't know who the, I'm guessing it's more than one person. But she's in a conversation. For me, this is the image and the promise of our relationship with the Holy Spirit. This is our relationship to the teachings and the presence of Jesus. We don't leave behind the teachings of Jesus when we close our Bibles. We don't leave behind the example and the call to faithful discipleship when we close our Bibles. When you go to work, when you go to school, when you sit down to eat, you can be, you are in a constant conversation with the Holy Spirit who abides and dwells in you, who's ready to say, here's what Jesus says to you today. Here's what Jesus has said to his people for all time. Don't forget it. Live into that. That's the promise for the people of God. It's good news. Amen. Amen. Holy Spirit ensures that the words of Jesus are alive and active in you. The Spirit teaches you the way of Jesus. The Spirit wants to remind you of Jesus' words of life for you. And so my question for all of us is simply, are we listening? If the Spirit wants to teach, if the Spirit wants to remind, if the Spirit wants to call to mind the instructions and the way of life of Jesus in your heart and in your mind at all times, are you listening? So I want to give us an assignment this morning. A short and easy assignment that will take no more than 30 minutes this entire week. Can you go to the next slide? Thank you. Three parts. First part of our assignment is to read. I'd like to suggest that every day, preferably at the busiest point of your day, the place where you're the most harried, the most distracted, the most overwhelmed, the place in your day when you are feeling the least Christian that you are going to feel the whole day, That you read Jesus' promise to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. This is Jesus' promise to you. Part two. Can you click the next slide? Thank you. Pray. You don't have to make your prayer long. but keep it to these two questions. Holy Spirit. What are you teaching me about Jesus? 
Holy Spirit, what has Jesus said to me that you want to remind me of? If the Spirit teaches us what Jesus taught, reminds us of who Jesus was, then we can ask that same Holy Spirit to open up our eyes to what the Spirit is teaching us about Jesus and reminding us about who Jesus is. And then third, listen. If you want to just take a picture of this last slide, that's the last one to remind you of our assignment. On Monday, you can do this assignment in two minutes. Listen for two minutes. Wednesday or Tuesday, take four, then six, then eight. And then on Friday, take 10 minutes to literally just sit and listen. I would recommend putting your phone in airplane mode, turning away from your computer, staring at a wall, going on a walk. Two minutes, by the end of the week, take 10 minutes to read Jesus' promise to you, to pray quite simply that the Spirit would do what Jesus promises that the Spirit will do for us, and then to listen for the Spirit's response in your mind and in your heart. Does that make sense? Let's take Jesus up on his promise this week. Amen? To understand how the Holy Spirit brings peace to our trouble and fear by uniting us with Jesus, we need to know that the Spirit teaches us about Jesus and reminds us about Jesus' example and words. Now, before I close this morning, we're going to get to hear from some of our friends. We're going to get to hear from Pete and Nikki Blodgett, who are actually here. There was some, they had a race this morning, so I had, a, I had a plan B that's not nearly as good as the plan A, so I'm glad that they're here. But I want us to hear from them on this Sunday, on our anniversary Sunday. I want us to hear their testimony for two reasons. One, Nikki and Pete have lived their lives as peacemakers, and I see in their decisions and in their vocation examples for others of us to pay attention to of what it looks like to follow the spirit of peace into the breaches and the conflicts and the tensions of our city. But secondly, and they'll maybe share a little bit about this, Nikki and Pete have been in a season where they've needed to experience the peace of God. Is that fair to say? Is that a reasonable way to say that? And so I want us to hear how it is that the spirit of God has sustained them during this season with his peace. So would you welcome Pete and Nikki as they come to share their testimony? Good morning, family. So initially when, when Pastor David talked to us, he just wanted us to kind of share this, our story of this last year. Um, and then he emailed me and said what his sermon was going to be about today. And, and to be honest, it's a perfect fit. Uh, because this last year has been a process of us learning the peace of the Holy Spirit. Um, so for about 15 years, Nikki and I served at a ministry, a nonprofit ministry down at Woodlawn called Sunshine Gospel Ministries. And um, for about a solid year, end of 2017, all of 2018, I really began to feel God pulling at my heart towards pastoral ministry. Um, and you can see why this one isn't in nursery every week. Um, <laughs> There's a bond there. Um, 
But I really began feeling God tugging at my heart to, to really call me towards pastoral ministry. And then Nikki began to feel the same kind of similar call, just a, away from sunshine uh, for a lot of ways. And, and again, we have been there for 15 years. So this was a really weird thing to feel. Um, we moved into the neighborhood with sunshine. We, that had been our life. We got married. We met through Sunshine, got married, and had four kids, and, and all of this while being a part of Sunshine's family. And so it really took us about a solid year of just wrestling through what God was trying to tell us for our future. And we began to pray intentionally, and for about a month, we prayed separately. And then at the end of that month, we came together, and both had heard from God that it was time to leave. Um, now, that in and of itself was, was very hard to come to. But the fact that I didn't have a place to go to yet um, was really, was really nerve-wracking. Um, but so we were obedient to what we felt God calling us, and we left Sunshine. And uh, without a job, without a future lined up of, of what was next, um, just an idea that we knew that we wanted to be in the local church with me serving in, in a pastoral role. And that's what we began pursuing. Um, but we both had an amazing sense of peace when we made that decision. Um, we knew that God was going to provide for us. Um, <laughs> in my mind, um, and, and I think what we were thinking is that God would provide a job in a couple months. Um, but it's now been six months since I had my last paycheck from Sunshine. Um, nine months since we've intentionally been looking for a job. Um, and I haven't found one yet. Um, and so the peace that we initially felt, um, it's not always there on a daily basis. Um, and, and so I find myself those times where I've gotten rejected for jobs of just immediately being filled with doubt and questioning. And I don't know how many times I've gone to Nikki and been like, I know we were supposed to leave, but were we really supposed to leave? Right. Um, and this wasn't in our notes that we wrote together. Um, but the reason that God gave me Nikki as my wife is because every time I go to her and say, I know we did what was right, but did we really do it the right way? She says, look, what did God tell us? Was that God or was that us? It was God. Then we're okay. Every single time. Now, I know she struggles, but every single time that I've struggled, I've been filled with doubts and questioning. She's been there to say, no, we're, we're okay. God has us. Um, but there's definitely times where I allow fear to dominate my heart. Um, whether it's just those doubts of questioning or, you know, am I really good enough for what God, I, I think God is calling me to? Am I qualified when I get rejected? Is this really what God is doing to? There's been other times where I've pursued job leads that I know God hasn't called me to. But out of fear, I say, well, I got to have something, right? Let me have this in my back pocket just in case God doesn't come through when I need him to. Um, so that's been one of my biggest struggles is, is allowing that fear to take over where I think God is taking us in the future or, or allowing that fear to question the call that God has given me. Um, so for a, a long time, like I've really struggled with anxiety and, the, and fear of the unknown and so with this transition, that's only increased that um, and just trying to get through that. And like we had the peace of the decision to leave Sunshine, but there are some days where I struggle with 
holding on to that peace and stuff, even though, like he said, like I know for certain that it was time for us to move on. So it's a continual and a daily like battle for me to hold on to that peace and to, sh- to remind myself that God has got us. Um, and it's so interesting that I didn't know what Pastor David was going to teach on, but the scripture that I feel like the Lord is like really keeping reminding me of daily so that I hold on to my peace, it's Psalm 4610, where it says to be still and know that I am God. <laughs> and it's really hard for me to be still because I have control issues and I plan out everything and it's got to go a certain way. And I didn't think that this process was going to be that long, but I just feel like the Lord is just telling me, Nikki, just stop. Just to be still. Like, I love you. Like, I'm going to care for your family. Like, I haven't forgotten about you guys. And just during this time, I just feel like he just wants me to see, like, that he is God and that he can do all things. And so that's been really hard for me. Um, And like I said, I just have to constantly remind myself of who God is. I think one of one of the scriptures that I have to continually come back to is is Philippians four six and seven, um, and I continually have to ask God to guard my heart and my mind with the peace of Christ. Um, and and again, I think a lot of times when we think about major decisions in our life, we think once we made that decision, then we'll be okay, right? Um, but it's it's a continual daily fight and struggle to place ourselves in the arms of Christ and, and to trust in his peace and rest in him. Um, the hard thing about our story is that it, it's not over yet. Um, I still don't have that full-time pastoral job that I know God has called me to. Um, we're in the process of, of doing some interviews and different things. So, I mean, that, it's ongoing, but we're not there yet. We haven't made it out. And I, one of the things Nikki and I were talking through is I, I think that's a good thing, um, at least at this point today, um, because a lot of times when we hear people's stories, we just hear the end result. And it's easy for people to have that confidence at the end, right? Um, but I, I mean, I don't know where we're going to end up. Um, and so that's hard. But I do know that God has given us peace, that he will continue to give us peace. And he has been providing. He hasn't provided ultimately in that job that we're looking for and that calling that we're looking for, but God has been providing. Like, it's been six months since I had a check from a full-time job. We've never missed a bill. We've always had food on the table, right? I mean, that's... We kind of joke about this last... I, I grew up like middle-class suburbs, um, and so for me, it was never a question growing up where some of that was coming from. So I've kind of had this, you know, sometimes I, I cloak it in trusting God, but it's more of like, yeah, things just kind of work out, right? That's just my background. Um, but this season hasn't been that. And to see how God has been providing and meeting those needs, I mean, that's, that's the lesson that we needed, I think. Um, but we've never missed anything. Um, and our kids, I mean, they know I'm not working full time, but they don't know that, you know, they don't really comprehend that I'm not getting that constant paycheck in, right? And they're like, oh, life's, life's great. Dad's just at home more. Um, 
which which has been great too. And and really, honestly, at a time where where like transition like this and the financial stress could really drive a wedge in our family, our marriage, our family has never been stronger. Um, and that's a huge answer to prayer. But in a lot of ways, a lot of this wouldn't be possible without new community. And this isn't just anniversary Sunday talk. This is, we've had so many people come alongside us and, and meet our needs from meals to job leads and connections and, and kind of everything in between. Um, Marquita has graciously allowed me to work with her in new community outreach. And so that's not only been income for us, but also a chance for me to have just an outlet for ministry and to continue to stay engaged, um, working with the teens and at diet. And, um, that's just been a blessing for me and that, and just in this time of without kind of consistent ministry involvement, that's been a huge blessing for us. And, and the paycheck is nice too. You know, that's, it's always good to have that coming in. Um, so, so God has used this church to meet our practical needs. But, but most important, every Sunday when we walk through these doors, we have people asking us how we're doing, how they can pray for us. And not, and I know we always kind of talk with people, be like, oh, I'll be praying for you. But, but knowing that people are praying and having people come back and say, I know you were going to this interview. How'd it go? What happened? What is God telling you? I can't tell you how encouraging that is for us. We've only been coming here for about a year and a half. Um, and we started coming here when that, that call of God began to happen. So all of this wrestling time has been right here. And having a pastor who has taken the time to meet with me personally, um, but, but to t- care for us and to meet our needs on a spiritual level and, and just to provide wisdom um, has been amazing for me personally, but for our family in general. And... Um, we would not be able to be up here looking as strong as we do without this church. Um, This church has been an amazing answer to prayer. Um, One of the hardest things in this decision process is knowing that God might take us away from this church. Um, You know, to be a pastor, we would have to go to another church. So (laughs) that's just kind of the way, the way that works. And so, wrestling with that of just knowing how much we love our family here and our community here, um, but still pursuing what God has called us to. Um, so we just want to thank you guys for being our family, for being there when we need you. Um, again, for a lot of us, it's not easy to be on that receiving end. We're really good at giving and being generous towards others, but it's hard to be on the receiving end. In fact, there was things that Nikki made me change because she didn't want people to feel guilty they have to give to us. And But but it's been a blessing to be receiving from you all and, and to receive the love of Christ from you. Um, so thank you. Um, thank you for new community. Nikki, can you come back up for a second? It's all right. It's all right. We don't mind. Little, little children noises. Um, you all been such a blessing to us and to our church. Um, and it's, you know, when you share your story, that's a, that's a, a courageous thing to do. And so, um, if God said anything to you through their testimony, I'd like you to find them after the service and tell them what that was to encourage them. Would you extend your hand in blessing, please? Jesus, thank you so much for this family. Uh, thank you for their love for you. Thank you for their faithfulness to you. Uh, but mostly thank you for your faithfulness to them. 
Uh, Thank you that they can bear witness to the peace of Christ that passes paychecks and plans for the future. um, And even the sense of a solid ground underneath our feet. Uh, So I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would utilize their testimony in our hearts today. I'm praying for those among us who find ourselves in very similar places and who need to know uh, that this thing that we sing about and preach and read is real. uh, That the Spirit of God is alive and active and present and powerful. So bless Nikki. Bless Pete. Bless their children and their families. Order their steps. Keep them obedient and close to you. Meet every one of their needs beyond their asking or imagining. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Can we thank them, church? Thank you. Appreciate that. Amen. All right. It's almost time for us to eat some food. I can smell it. I'm getting hungry. I'm sure you are as well. Um, somebody go, Dave, could you go tell the, the kids in the back that we're going to be done in just about five minutes? There's no closing song today. I want to surprise them. My wife has educated me well on these things. Church, when we know who the Holy Spirit is in the way that we just heard, the Holy Spirit is the advocate. When we know what the Holy Spirit does, that the Spirit teaches us what Jesus taught, the Spirit reminds us of who Jesus is. We cannot help but to know the peace of Christ in our lives. No matter the trouble or the fear that we face, the Holy Spirit abides in us, reminding us that nothing we face in life is faced without the presence and the power of Jesus Christ. So I want to end with this invitation. If you are not a Christian this morning, if you've not placed your faith in Jesus, would you do so today? Would you open your heart and your allegiances to the God who took on your sin and this world's injustices so that you could know peace? And if you are a Christian, or if New Community Covenant Church is your home, As we look forward to another year together, living as the reconciled and reconciling people of God, I'm asking you today to choose to depend on the Holy Spirit. Remember who the Holy Spirit is. Remember what the Holy Spirit does in your life. We are called to places of trouble and fear. We are led by the spirit of peace. And so we can be faithful to this call with courage and with hope. The promise of the spirit and the command of Jesus in these verses is very clear. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, we will not let our hearts be troubled. And we will not be afraid. Amen. Spirit of God, thank you for your word this morning to us. Thank you for your closeness. Convince our troubled minds and anxious hearts that you are nearer than our very breath. Teach us, Spirit, what Jesus taught. Remind us, Spirit, of who Jesus is in us and for us. Let us know 
the closeness of our Savior in the midst of whatever circumstances we face so that nothing this week can rob us of our peace. Send us as peacemakers, filled with the spirit of peace. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. I'm going to invite our ushers forward to receive our offering this morning. We have uh, those prayer cards and the welcome cards that Pastor Michelle mentioned to you before. Um, So please um, place prayer cards, welcome cards, offerings, and tithes in the baskets when they go by in just a minute here. Um, Would you join me, please, in praying a blessing over these gifts? God, for those who are giving prayer requests today, we pray in advance that you would answer even this week. For those who are putting in praise reports, we join them in thanking you and giving you all glory for answering these prayers. God, for every tithe and offering that's placed in, we ask that you would uh, multiply it in the way that Jesus did the loaves and fishes that all under our care would be cared for and that our neighbors would be blessed through the blessing of your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, we'll go ahead and receive that now. Listen, if the Spirit is calling you to make any kind of a decision today, uh, I'd love to pray for you. Come find me after the service, please. Here's the other thing I would like to invite you to. If you've been coming to New Community for a little while and you want to learn more about the church, please Uh, send us an email and we'll make sure you get invited to the next newcomer's lunch. Um, Or if you're wondering if you're called to be a member of new community, find me after the service and I'll let you know about when our next membership class is coming up. We'd love to have you discern that call to church membership and to joining in the mission and the identity of this church. Amen. Amen. Okay. Um, Here's how we do potluck. Uh, We let our guests go first. Members, do you hear me? We let our guests go first. And our alumni or alumna or alumnus, if you are any one of those things, uh, we would love for you to be at the front of the line as well. If you are a guest this morning, you were not supposed to bring food. Um, we just want to feed you this morning. And so please be at the front of the line. Uh, we'll move chairs around and tables. We'll set those up together. And then in about five minutes, we'll be able to begin serving together. So I'm going to invite you to stand now, please, to receive the benediction and the blessing over this food. If you can stay to eat, to greet each other, to welcome our new folks, I hope that you can do so today. Receive the benediction. And now may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this feast before us. We ask your blessing over those who have prepared it, for those who are serving, for those who served us so well and fed us in worship today. Bless them, we pray. I ask that our conversations would be honoring to you, would be hospitable to every single person around the table. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen? Amen. Amen. Go in peace.